often hear this phrase, it's frequently used in the yoga world, harmony of mind, body, and spirit. So um, I'm hoping to bring for some of us maybe a, a newer perspective. When I say a new perspective, I'm not talking about something that is new, rather it's reference to the authentic understanding of this subject according to yoga teachings and principles. We live in a time, you know, with, especially with the commercialization of, of yoga, <clears throat> so many people are just winging it. People are plucking things out of the air and making things up because it resonates with them or whatever. Or it sounds really cool and groovy and, and it's dangerous. I, I saw um, somebody sent me a link to a New Zealand Herald article today about some yoga ashram in Thailand with some Swami dude running things and then we're having the big Me Too blow up and they find out the guy's been sexually assaulting women and seducing them and it's just like oh my god here we go again and to me the great sadness is the name of the ashram was Agama which means that you are taking from authentic and ancient scriptural sources the authentic truth, but you're not. You're just winging it and making stuff up. And that poses danger for people. The highest danger is that a person remains ignorant of their actual spiritual identity and will not be able to experience what is true spiritual liberation or enlightenment and come to experience that which we truly desire, which is great spiritual happiness and love. So when we, this term, I think everybody's got the mind and, and uh, body part together. And the question is then, then spirit, what, what does that mean? And what does harmony mean? There are so many ways that I could understand or misunderstand what harmony means. And everybody likes to have their own interpretation and, you know, what appeals to them. You know, one of the foundations of, of a genuine spiritual pursuit is to understand that I don't have it together. <laughs> My life is not so cool. I am not completely enlightened. In fact, my life can be quite miserable. 
and the future prospects for it don't look so good. I mean, my God, talk to me. I'm, I'm an old guy already. Once you start hitting 50, it's pretty much downhill all the way. I'm, I'm approaching 70 in about three years, and that's just like things are, are not going so well anymore. And then what have I got to look forward to? Well, of course, the only thing you've got looked forward to is the culmination of the experience of life in this body, which is called death. And, you, you know, okay, well, <laughs> how cool is that? You know, actually, it's really cool. And the yoga process is very much about living a very happy and a complete and balanced life and dying an extremely noble death. Death is not a big freak out for the yogi. It's just moving from one place to another, leaving something behind. Like when you get in the shower and you take your clothes off and put it in the laundry basket or throw it on the floor or hang it, and you step into the shower, you're not traumatized and lamenting, oh, my clothes, what am I doing? <laughs> no, it's just your clothes, dirty clothes. I've moved on into the shower, everything's fine. In a similar manner, for one that is transcendentally enlightened, the experience of death is just simply, you still exist, you're just moving on and you're leaving something that's not usable anymore, the aged or the sick body behind, but you, you are fine, you're, there's no change, you're, you're cool, everything's still intact, you're just moving on. So what is this harmony and what is the understanding of spirit? Unfortunately, the materialistic perspective of life <coughs> and frequently even in, in relation to yoga and in relation to certain types of psychiatry and medicine and everything, there's like a, a paradigm. People speak of things within a certain, a very limited paradigm. It is an understanding to some degree of the body and some understanding of the mind and everything is seen in rela relation to those two things. And so the word spirit or soul is often seen within that context. Like a person says, oh, my soul. Okay, if you have a soul, who are you? The one that possesses the soul, who are you? And what is that soul? And just by stating that, and if we think about it in relation to our own life, it's like, oh my God, yeah, I've never thought of it like that. And so the word spirit is quite often used in relation to some sort of feel-good kind of thing. Like when we talk about harmony of mind, body, and spirit, what's the most common picture that goes with that? It's either somebody on a yoga mat looking incredibly refreshed, like they're not even working out or anything, and radiant, and sun beaming through the windows, or somebody lying on a massage table getting a, an incredible massage. Oh. And it's like, well, that's not really the picture that we should have. That doesn't really explain things very clearly. 
the the problem the problem for trying to exploit the material world and to exploit the body and the senses and the mind to achieve happiness is that you won't find it. You won't find it. You'll find stimulation. You'll find titillation. You'll find excitement. You'll find or an orgasmic rush or whatever, but you won't find happiness. It doesn't live in that world. Happiness is a profound inner spiritual experience that we actually all crave as is love, true um, spiritual love. The yoga paradigm is this. The central, the central and most important thing is what we will call the spirit. The spirit in, in Sanskrit, there are different words to, that are used, but the most accurate one is called Atma. Atma means the self, who I actually am the person residing within the body. The person that is craving happiness, the person that is craving love, the unseen seer. That's a really profound statement, an unseen seer. There is a seer within the body that is actually seeing everything. My eyes are not the ones seeing. My eyes are just like, you know, lenses that allows light to enter and it hits photo optic cells in the back of the eyeball and is transferred into electrical impulses and sent down the optical nerve to the visual cortex and the brain. That doesn't explain seeing. That's just you describing a device. And when we don't when we're not living in harmony with mind, body, and spirit or soul, we drop the spirit part and we become completely absorbed in everything that's bombarding our senses and things that we're doing to our body and things that we're doing to our mind. And that becomes the world that we live in. In the yoga process, it is about awakening my actual spiritual identity and establishing a harmony. Now, what does the word harmony mean here? What do we think of when we think of oh, mind, body, and spirit? It's kind of like three equal things that are all existing equally on the same platform. And when they're all existing like that, then there is a harmony. Well, that's not actually true. Amongst these three things, the mind, the body, and the spirit, it is the spirit, the actual spiritual being, that is of greatest significance and importance. 
the body and the mind are seen only as vehicles that I am using. If I am lost to myself and I'm completely absorbed in the body thinking this is me, I mean, my God, what, what a formula for unhappiness to think that what you see in the mirror is you. It's all cool when you're young and healthy. It doesn't look so good after a while. <laughs> the aging process makes fools of us all. That's not you. That stupid thing called the selfie is not you. It's just a picture of this body. And it doesn't matter what it looks like or what you're stuffing into it or rubbing against it. It will not bring you happiness because it's not you. You are the resident within. Am I too serious or what? You're okay? You're cool? Okay, I, I, I get a little bit. I have to bite my tongue, otherwise my wife gets angry at me. No, it's not because of her. But I, I get frustrated with what is being sold in the world. Where something that is profoundly wonderful and can bring a person to the highest possible experience of happiness and love becomes prostituted and sold off as some cheap, nasty thing where your body has to look sexually attractive and you have to have muscles and be slim and sleek. And I mean, those things are good. It generally indicates some health of the body, but it doesn't indicate health of the mind, nor does it indicate health of my spiritual being. I can be so absorbed in my body that I've so utterly lost the plot. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety. I feel depression with the fact that my body is not delivering the pleasure. I can always remember when I was younger, which is a little bit revealing, I was a bit of a wild hippie. Probably don't look like it anymore. And I, I can remember a, a girlfriend I had very briefly. Um, her friend was saying to this guy, you don't really care about me. You're only interested in my body. And that was just like, wow, that was amazing to hear that. It was amazing for a number of reasons. Number one is she spent so much time on her body. It's meant, what do you expect? <laughs> Your whole, the whole way that you're relating to the world and others is through this medium. So don't get disappointed if somebody gets attracted to it and wants to utilize it for their sexual fulfillment. That's going to be a natural outcome. <laughs> Don't get disappointed that you, you designed that or you at least enthusiastically participated in that. But it was amazing to hear that there was even just a fleeting recognition of you don't actually love me. You just love my body and want to play with it and use it. 
and that that might that could have been that could have been a transformation of somebody's life but actually what normally happens we we that just it's gone and then we just back into things moving on with the way things were this harmony that we speak of in the sense of yoga it is the opposite to the material experience. The material experience means I am disconnected from my true spiritual identity. I don't even know who I am. And I'm trying so hard to utilize this vehicle known as the body as the primary way I am relating to the world and to others and to try and find happiness, fulfillment, love, shelter, all those things. These things that we seek are actually spiritual in nature. They're not related to the body. But we've taken something that is actually profoundly spiritual and we've put it through this weird filter and uh, just living this out, relating everything simply to the body and, and to the mind. And that is a formula for not being in harmony. When your mind takes over your life, if you live, if you live a life that is profoundly materialistic, and I don't mean that in a critical way whatsoever, please nobody take offense. The foundation of materialism is the idea that I am material. So if I'm thinking that I am my body, this is who I am. I am male or I am female. I am a Kiwi, I'm Chinese, I'm Indian, I'm American. I, that's who I am. I'm sorry. This is materialism. And in the pursuit of materialism, there is a disconnect between the living being and the vehicle. The science of yoga teaches us who the boss is. <laughs> the boss is me, the living being. And my mind and my body are my possessions, and I should be utilizing them in a really wonderful way to become fulfilled, to become enlightened. That is the harmony. It's not a, a, a three things that are all equal. No, one is profoundly higher than the others. And harmony means when I am using my body and my mind as my possession, when it is the other way around, if I am enslaved by my mind and whatever's going on there, and we see this, you know, it's become so pronounced, particularly with the society in which we live, where people are taught instant gratification. You, you don't hold back on anything. You don't hesitate. You just do it. Yeah. This is the messaging. And of course, it really works for manufacturers. If you can be reduced to an animal who is unable to resist any urge or temptation, they make money, big time money. But you become unhappy because you've been sold these ideas. So 
the harmony that's spoken of in yoga reorients this idea. Instead of mean being victimized by your mind, and when I say victimized, when you are overwhelmed with desire, when you are feeling depression, when you are profoundly unhappy, when you are incredibly angry and just going off, you are being, you, the spiritual being within, are being utterly victimized by the mind. So the yoga process, the harmony that's spoken of, is to bring an order to things. And the priority here is me, me, the spiritual being. This is the priority. And my body and mind must now become things that I utilize to achieve enlightenment, to achieve my happiness, to achieve fulfillment. How about that? Is that okay? Any complaints? You know, it's so important to have the safety of authentic spiritual teaching. What I was speaking about earlier, there's so many people winging it. There's so many people wanting to teach and be gurus and do all kinds of stuff. There's no shortage. In our innocence or ignorance, we often have not bothered to really try to find out <coughs> what should be the standards, what should be the basis for passing a judgment. Judging doesn't mean you have to be in a higher position. That's an arrogant position. Even in great humility, one is required to discern. This is called vivek. Vivek means discernment. And in it comes great happiness. We all probably have heard the name Vivekananda, the joy or happiness that comes from real discernment, not just following your dream, following your mind, following your desires, but actually questioning, is this really going to be in my best interest? Will I achieve what I desire? Will I achieve the actual result? that is really in my, in my interest. So, but you have, you have one, you have one magical amulet. Within the, the yoga system, and this has been almost utterly lost today, it's quite astonishing, but all yogis in ancient times were aware that within my own heart there resides my greatest friend, my ultimate shelter, Jananivas, the shelter of all beings, resides within my heart of hearts. He is known as Paramatma or the Supreme Soul. And this gives us intuition. When we approach something, 
we can immediately have some feeling if we are thoughtful and reflect on it that mm -mm, this is not good this is no this is getting creepy or this is weird or no i'm not comfortable with this or we can feel okay maybe there is um something that i've been looking for here <coughs> and learning to not only find a harmony of the body the mind with the living being the spiritual being but also with the supreme being is the ultimate harmony that one finds in yoga so this process that we're engaged in there is no more powerful means for complete and full spiritual enlightenment realization which is achievable by anyone and everyone you don't you don't have to be special you're already special you're an amazing spiritual being you've just lost the plot and become overwhelmed with this thing that you're wearing around thinking it's you no you are an eternal <laughs> spiritual being and it is your inherent right to exist in a state of profound happiness and the deepest of spiritual love this process of mantra meditation is the surest way in this age in which we live to experience this realization so with that we will um engage in the chanting process okay thank you very much for the opportunity to speak Hare Krishna